Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, May 1st. After a roller coaster ride over the past couple of years in the Calgary real estate market, it now looks like things are beginning to smooth out. We get an update on where the housing market sits right now and what we can expect to see in the coming months from Justin Haver, Realtor with Justin Haver and Associates Remax First. Female oral contraceptive pills have been in use since the 60s. But why are there still no oral contraceptives for males? We discussed the results of a new study on the topic from the CDC with Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician. And finally, on a special edition of Motivational Monday, we revisit our conversation with legendary bodybuilder and actor Lou Ferrigno, who was in town over the weekend for the Calgary Expo. Ferrigno shares his struggles dealing with lifelong hearing loss to become a pioneer in the sport of professional bodybuilding. Calgary's real estate market uh, has been defined a lot lately as sort of being like a roller coaster, but could the ride finally be about to level out? Joining us with his take on real estate in our city is Justin Haver, Realtor with Justin Haver and Associates of Remax First. Hi, Justin. How are you? Good morning, Sue and Andy. Appreciate you joining us to talk about it. So what does it look like? What would you say? How would you describe the market right now? Is the roller coaster term on the way out? Well, I think that the uh, Calgary real estate market is more normalizing when you look at the seasonality as, you know, the previous uh, years were kind of abnormal when it came to the COVID market. And, uh, you know, again, we're challenged here with a low inventory market as we haven't seen inventory levels like this since 2006. And clearly our population has grown drastically since then. Low inventory, does that mean it's still a seller's market or are we moving and trending toward more of a buyer's market? You know, we're sitting with about uh, 1.2 months of inventory right now here in the marketplace, which is, uh, you know, again, in favor of the sellers in the marketplace. What are we expecting? What do you what do you think is going to happen down the road? Is are we going to kind of stay on this line then? Or, you know, I, I guess real estate, you, you can't predict it. I guess that's kind of the, the joy of real estate, isn't it? Yeah, I think that uh, low inventory is going to be the theme over the next few months as, you know, again, low inventory creates more low inventory because many sellers are reluctant to putting their homes on the market because they simply don't have their next home secured yet. And, uh, you know, we also have a huge uh, influx of people still coming to Calgary from other provinces. So the demand is there and we just simply don't have enough inventory to um to all the buyers that want to buy right now. So there's lots and lots of competing offers still. Although this year we're seeing more competing offers where conditions in the offers are more normal as uh, last year there was a lot of unconditional offers, which, you know, makes it very hard for buyers who require financing to compete. So it's good to see that uh, buyers are being more due diligent now when they're putting in conditional offers because, again, uh, you don't want to write an unconditional offer and then find out, uh, especially if you require financing, uh, that, uh, you know, the bank didn't approve you for that mortgage. I, I know, and I, I know you're very laser-focused on the city of Calgary, Justin, uh, you know, but I know you have knowledge beyond our borders. Is what we're experiencing in Calgary unique to Calgary, or are other markets facing similar challenges right now? Are we, are we kind of a standout? You know, the Calgary real estate market has been, we haven't seen the big decline in the prices like they've seen in other markets. However, now in other markets across Canada, if you're looking at Vancouver or Ontario, they are starting to see competing offers entering the marketplace and the prices leveling out. And uh, it seems like they're also challenged a bit with low inventory 
So if if there's not a lot of inventory, there's a lot of people who want homes. Obviously, the seller is going to be the winner here. Will we ever see home prices kind of come back down to, you know, what we thought here in Calgary as as really affordable levels? You know, it's a great question. I think the, the biggest challenge we have across Canada is low housing supply and if housing supply doesn't increase dramatically affordability can continue to deteriorate in the years to come and uh, again we're also having a lot of people immigrating to Canada as well which is you know they're going to require housing as well so it's going to continue to put a lot of pressure on housing and as long as the supply is low it's going to continue to put uh, upward pressure on the house prices. If you've been on the sidelines, you know, wanting or thinking about selling your home, Justin, you just, you know, open the door, excuse the pun, mm-hmm. to, to, to put it on the market, saying that it is more of a seller's market. But also, not only is it a good time financially, but your house shines much more in the spring than the winter time. So I'm wondering, what sorts of tips can you tell people to spruce that property up? And is that something that you and your agents kind of coach people wanting to sell? Oh, we always coach and consult our sellers on how to best position their house, no matter, you know, which uh, time of year it is. But clearly, the spring, as we're actually going to experience summer here this week, by the sounds of it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything turns green. So you want to make sure that you obviously clean off your driveway. You want to wash your windows, make sure that you spruce up your landscaping and just to really get that nice curb appeal before you put your house on the market. And obviously, you want to you know, maintain uh, and fix any uh, issues that you may have on the outside as well. So if you have, you know, a deck that's chipping, make sure that you uh, repaint your deck or any window trims that may be uh, in need of some uh, maintenance and upkeep. I, Andy, I have had Justin and his team in my house, and it's amazing the things that you live with that you don't see until someone comes in and points them out. You're like, oh, geez, I forgot that about that. I haven't seen it in all the years it's been there because I just stopped noticing it. So it is really good to have someone, you know, a professional come in and look, take a look at the house to see all those little things maybe, Justin, that we just need to really work on. Yeah, and you know what? It's not a bad idea as well if you've lived in your house for many years to hire a home inspector and have a home inspector go through your house and uh, pick out all the deficiencies or repairs that may be required because when you put your house on the market, it is very common that a buyer will hire a home inspector as well to basically go through your house under a microscope to pick out any things that is uh, potentially wrong with the house. So if you can address these things prior to you putting your house up for sale, you are going to obviously position yourself much, much better when it comes time to negotiate with the potential buyers for your home. And I know when we speak with you and other real estate professionals and read some of the literature, you know, that's produced uh, maybe a few times a year, there's a vast difference between the condo market and the uh, family houses, uh, single dwellings. Uh, Does that still exist in the city of Calgary and uh, we get a better deal with the condo these days or is it more difficult to get in? Well, you know, the apartments condo segment is the only segment in the market that we saw an increase in total sales compared to April of last year. So this April, we saw an increase of 14.3%. And uh, all the other segments in the marketplace, we saw a decrease in the number of sales compared to April of last year. However, in the overall market here this April, we actually saw a decrease of about 21% compared to April of 2022, which is a big improvement from the 40% decrease that we saw in March 
compared to March of 2022. So, you know, again, more and more people are entering the market here. Summer is here, or should I say spring? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that brings people out uh, to look at homes as well. And if you are a buyer that is looking to purchase, please ensure that you have all your financing in order prior to yourself going house hunting. Because if you do find that house, that you absolutely fall in love with, you got to be ready to act. And that means that you also got to have your deposit in hand as well. And if you want to get ahead of anything that's uh, coming to the market here, you can also visit comingsoon.ca where you'll see sellers who are in the midst of preparing their home for sale that will be entering the market in the coming weeks. Comingsoon.ca as well as justinhaver.com. Thanks, Justin. I always appreciate your take on it. Thank you for having me. Have Thank a you. wonderful day. You too. Justin Haver, Realtor with Justin Haver & Associates, Remax First. Despite years of promising research and trial results, we appear to be no closer to a commercially available, on-demand, male contraceptive pill. So what gives? Is this a case of science still struggling, struggling to get a drug to production, or a lack of public interest in this form of contraception? To discuss, we are joined by Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician. Good morning to you, Dr. J. Good morning. All right. So why don't we have a male pill, Dr. J.? <laughs> it appears it's actually a lot more difficult to create something that has no side effects in this realm. So is, in regards to your intro, it's a bit of both. Science has struggled to make it, and when they've made something, it hasn't been tolerated so well, so it's been dropped fairly quickly. And this is 50 years of trying so far, and we still aren't even close. So many things pop into my head on this topic, Dr. J. <laughs> um, first of all... Who's trusting a guy who says they're on the pill? I'm not sure about that. But so with a woman, the woman's contraceptive pill, the pill that's been around for forever yeah. and ever, are there some side effects from that? Yes. In, in fact, there are statements made that if the contraceptive pill was brought to market today, it would never make it to market. It would be shut down by our regulating bodies because the side effect profile is actually not as good as it should be. <laughs> the the uh, initial pills were in the 60s. We've come a long way uh, over the past 60 years. Pills are less side effect provoking because they're lower in hormonal uh, dosing. So the dosings are much, much lighter. And the pills are way, way better. But they're actually not uh, not free of side effects for a lot of women. Wow. Okay. So So when we look at this, is this the case that this is the way it has been done and the societal norms have been this is the woman's responsibility and we can't see past that? Is is that something that would have to be done via marketing or some kind of a campaign? Well, yeah, potentially, yes. As to Sue's comment, um, women have traditionally taken on this responsibility and, and do they trust the guy, right? And there's, there's a problem right there. Like it would have to be a bit of a shift. And the shift, and what would we use, right? So right now, in in trials, they've they've had injectable versions of this, gel versions of this, pill versions of this. The latest, greatest, is potentially a very fast-acting pill. So this would be taken one hour before, uh, and would be instantly or very quickly uh, effective, and would last a few hours, and that's it. So the on-demand. Um, could be the way to go. Uh, and, you know, the question is about responsibility. Could we shift it so we could have something that worked that quickly that 
everyone knows it's been taken and we have time and it, and it works and away we go. <laughs> that, that would be a huge shift to, uh, to how we do things today. And not likely. Um, so I'm curious, is it, you know, in terms of the different types of birth control that are out there these days, obviously, you know, we kind of all got that lesson in school, but I hear more women when it comes to the female pill using the IUD. Is that something that's super effective and, and not as perhaps dangerous with the different side effects? Yeah, it's a very different uh, approach, and it has become much, much more popular. So back in the day when it first came out, um, they were very difficult to work with. Now we have ones that have uh, hormone in them. Uh, They are much, much easier to work uh, with. They're more effective, and they uh, stop menstrual cycle. So hence, if the benefit is, is huge for a lot of women to have no cycle or extremely light cycle compared to the previous IUDs, which were very heavy cycle, made the cycle actually even worse. So yes, in, on the women's side of things, we have, you name it, we have a ring system that put internally, uh, gels, patches, injection, pills, um, like you name it, we have a huge array of, of products, all of which work a little bit differently. And uh, it's all about matching uh, what a woman uh, believes to be important and what she's most comfortable with, with the method that uh, that, that uh, achieves that goal. And usually we can get a really good match and it's quite effective. <laughs> On the male side, yeah, we have two things. We have vasectomy, we have condoms, and that's all we got mm. right now. <laughs> that's all we got. But, uh, you know, I was looking at an article that you forwarded our way, Dr. J, and, and apparently uh, when we talk about it in North America, like we're, globally, it becomes an issue in some of these, uh, you know, uh, countries, third world countries when it comes to condoms and vasectomies, when it comes to availability and maybe even medical costs. Yeah, I mean, this, this uh, if we could ship the burden or have a method that was effective on the male side, this could be a huge shift um, in, in controlling reproduction rates, particularly in lower income uh, countries, etc. Uh, this could be a huge move forward. Um but again, we aren't quite there. Mm. And on the uh, North American side, in Canada, in the U.S., there appears to be some interest, but it has to be side effect free is apparently the the goal. And that may be very, very difficult to achieve to have something that truly has such a low side effect profile that is universally accepted, no matter how good the marketing campaigns are. Always a fascinating discussion. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. J. Appreciate it this morning. Okay, you betcha. Thanks, Dr. Ted Jablonski is our on-call family physician. This week on a special edition of Motivational Monday, we revisit our conversation with legendary bodybuilder and actor Lou Ferrigno, who was in town over the weekend for the Calgary Expo. Ferrigno shares his struggles dealing with lifelong hearing loss to his rise to the top of the bodybuilding world. Lou begins the conversation explaining how it was the mediocre pay of bodybuilding competitions in the 70s that led him to becoming an actor. It was great because back then, it, uh, you know, first prize was only like $750. But back then, it was the love of the sport because uh, we all had to have a job. I just came off pumping iron, like we filmed in uh, South Africa. So Arnold wanted to do movies. I decided to do the TV series. But because back then, Arnold and I were considered like freak. They looked at us as these big muscle guys. But now you see all these actors like, like Brad Pitt, Hugh Jackman, they want to be buds. It started with us. Because when the Hulk first came out, people didn't believe the body was real. Mm-hmm. They thought it was like Bill Bixby with a jumpsuit pump of air. And it was like a shock. To the, 
But the thing is that it works for the character. I am still doing it today in the yep. sense that you go to, you look up Lou Ferrigno. How about FerrignoFit.com yep. with somebody named Shanna Ferrigno. Yeah, so tell yeah. us about how this came to be. Well, you know, Shanna, funny, she went to college. She had a degree in drama, but she's so into fitness. And she wanted to create the FerrignoFit.com. It's a wonderful website. It teaches people how to work out, get in shape, to do the proper exercises. And she just loves the fitness. So now eventually we get involved doing equipment. But, but the fitness has been my whole life. But it's amazing how my kids they all became personal trainers. I never pushed them to, to be a trainer. They just loved it. Like my middle son, Lou Ferrigno Jr., he's an actor. He's filming squad. He's doing the, the many different TV series. That's incredible. But it's funny they went with the fitness side of things. I mean, Lou Jr.'s acting as well, but they've gone with the fitness side of things as opposed to getting into that acting world. Exactly. Yeah, interesting. Now, is that right that you started bodybuilding at the age of 13? 12, yeah. 12, 13. So was it because of your hearing impairment? Did you get picked on as a kid, or what did that seem like? I was like very introverted. I was very bold as a kid. I had a severe speech impediment. You know, I had, <clears throat> I had a profound hearing loss. So apparently, <clears throat> I... I used to read these whole comic books. I used to open me a, a comic book to escape the pain, you know, the, the rejection. So for me, when I discovered fitness, bodybuilding, I knew realized that was my passion because I could not participate in a team sport. I was very limited at the time. So bodybuilding was my passion, and I just loved it so much because back then people condoned me. They said, you're working out with ways, eating steaks, you're not making a living. Maybe they thought something was wrong with me. All I talked about was barbells and dumbbells, but it was my passion, and look, look where it was taking me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody had to have a passion on life. Yeah. It's so important. And open the doors for, yeah. for so many, a trailblazer. I want to ask you this because uh, we don't want to talk about people's ages, but you're 71. You do not look like you're mm -mm. 71 Thank years you. old. Mm -mm. And more and more, when you get into the fitness world and do any research, you, you read more and more about resistance training, weight training, you know, and, and the gym, the key to longevity and youth. I'm wondering, do you believe that's the case? Because look at yourself, or do you think you have great genes? I besides good genes, I come from an Italian-American family, but the thing is that I'm very into consistency. If you eat good, sleep good, and train good, that's important because lo as long as you don't overindulge in different things like problems like alcohol, drugs, like so many people, they eat so much starch and sweets and they don't exercise. It's all about consistency and, and the fact that you have to take care of yourself because you, know, you only live once. You have one body and one mind. The baseline you want to really be fit as you can be because that, that gives you the discipline. If you take a lot of business people, if they don't exercise, it affects the occupation. It's so important to be fit mentally, physically, and emotionally, and spiritually. Well, you look fit. You you appear to be, you know, like at really in the prime of your life, even Thank at you. the age of 70, yeah. right? So I just wanted to step back to the, we talked a little bit about your hearing impairment, but I know moving forward, you've had some some really interesting medical work done that is pretty groundbreaking, isn't it? Yeah, two years ago, I received a cochlear implant. And the amazing thing about this is the fact that a lot of people that lose their hearing, <clears throat> like the best hearing aid in the world is not going to give you what the implant does, because especially the clarity. Because I struggled for years with the hearing aid, hear more power, more power. So basically, a lot of people now, when I talk to them, they have hope. It's amazing because the good news about the implant, once you have the implant under the skin, it's not brain surgery, but the thing is that you never lose any of that hearing to the day you passed on. It's amazing because, you know, people get older, they start to lose their hearing. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing about me, Monica, myself, coming from a profound hearing loss, I've gone to a moderate hearing loss, which is great. And something on your Instagram that really struck uh, struck a chord with me was you found, for example, things that the rest of us take for granted. 
very stressful even being in an airport mm -hmm. with diminished hearing. Tell us about that. Well, before, you know, the airport, sometimes I hear a lot of different loud noises, but now I have much uh, better word discrimination. So over the loudspeaker, I could, I, could, I could hear much more clearer than before. Like, for example, if I get on the plane, a lot of times the airline stewards will talk about the safety issues. And before, it was me, but just hear different loud sounds, loud noise. Now I could understand every word they're saying. But the beauty about the implant, the fact that you have so much um, uh, apparatus, so you can have like Bluetooth, you have what you call forward focus, meaning that if you go in a crowded environment, it lowers the background noise, adjusts it itself. You can, you can regulate it, but with the iPhone, it's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Amazing things that can be done, amazing things that you have done. Is there anything in the life of Lou Ferrigno that you've not done yet that is still on your bucket list? Yeah, I want to learn how to swim. Is that the one thing you don't know how to do? Yes. You don't know how to swim, and how yeah. come? I, I, I think because in high school I was so into weight training. I want to take private swimming lessons. <laughs> I, I feel embarrassed. I wanted to take weight training classes. That's funny. I, I just wanted to, you know, I think climb the boat. anybody at the pool would be quite happy to see Lou Ferrigno come in and take swimming lessons. I'm sure today. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure um, I get a lot of people that are like that. Teach me how to swim. Your foray into law enforcement? Uh, this, this has been a while, hasn't it? Tell us about that. Well, 18 years ago, talking to the sheriff at that day, because my father was a, was a, a police lieutenant. So he said to me, the, the sheriff, I said, I love law enforcement. He said, once you go through the academy, to be a certified deputy sheriff. Because I didn't want to be honorary. So I went through the academy to shoot and then drive and study and So then I became certified by law to be a police officer. I do a lot of search and rescue. I also teach weapon shooting. I'm a marksman. So for me, that's another side thing for me to do because I like giving back. That's great. Uh, some of your other projects, we got a text in from Arnie who said, please ask Lou about the King of Queens and working with Kevin, Kevin James. Who have been some of the, the favorite people that you've worked with over the years? Well, Kevin James, number one, um, I had a great time when I filmed the TV series last year called The Offer, Making the Godfather. I had a chance to work with Miles Teller. He's a wonderful actor. Mm -hmm. He was in, uh, in uh, Tom Cruise movie. Uh, what's the name of it? Oh, I know what you mean. Is it? Top Gun. Top oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that one. Thank you. Yeah, Top Gun. Maverick, yeah. Yeah, great list of actors because I'm a big fan of The Godfather. So we shot that for Paramount Studios. I met a lot of actors over the years, and I would say King and Queen was some of my favorite. Lots mm -hmm. of people loving you and King of Queens. King of Queens. I got a lot of texts in about yeah. that. And the other one, JD texts in and says, uh, ask him about I love you, man. And the thing is... You I thought JD was just saying, well, I love you, man. I'm sure he loves Lou. Yeah. But between King of Queens and I love you, man... Do you think that people were excited to see you in comedic roles? And is that something you enjoy doing, the, the comedies? Well, I was talking to John Hamburg, who wrote the script. I went, he invited me to come to his office in Universal Studios. He said, I wrote this movie with you in mind. It's about a comedy. I said, sure, because I get to play myself. But the movie was the best comedy of 2008. And, you know, Jason Segel and Paul Rudd, they're delicious to work with. Those guys are great. I had so much fun with uh, making that film. That is awesome. We have a segment each and every Monday morning called Motivational Monday. We talk to authors, uh, coaches, athletes, uh, bodybuilders we've had on the program. What is it, the, the level of success you have, and something that, uh, you know, uh, I'm taking from your conversation uh, when you said about longevity, yeah. the consistency. For those folks out there who want to make a life change, whether it's a job, maybe getting into shape, whatever it might be, how do you get that start? Because I know a lot of people... They just have a hard time getting started. What would you offer up for advice? I would say start walking maybe maybe like a quarter of a mile, maybe uh, go for a walk, do some light exercise. You can't jump into it immediately because if you jump in too quickly, you get discouraged because people expect miracles. But the thing is it takes time. It's the most important thing and not just exercise and how you eat. 
just modify your, you don't have to, to change your diet drastically. As long as you eat protein, carbohydrates like vegetables, but don't eat as much. Just spare it out. And also the huge factor behind of all this is fear. Some people have the fear of being successful. Some people have the fear of changing their body, the fear of adjusting to a new life cycle. That's huge. So if you can write down a piece of paper all the different fears and all the goals you want to achieve, and then, then eventually you can, uh, you can eliminate most of that. And that helps you be successful because it's all about consistency. It's how you eat, nothing extravagant, everything done moderately. That was legendary bodybuilder and actor Lou Ferrigno. And you can find out more about him at ferrignofit.com.